Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Welcome, everybody. Happy to have you back this week for Maximum Octane. Today, I have a wonderful guest joining me today. His official name is Randall Dean, but he goes by Randy. There's a lot of wonderful things about Randy. Not only does he have an MBA, he is a best-selling author on amazon.com with a book titled Taming the Email Beast. He is a producer. He has several, several highly rated video-based self-study courses. With over 30 years of his experience teaching time management, personal organization, effective email management, and all of it, he is the one-stop shop for straightening out your life and making you much more productive, whether you are in leadership, whether you are just trying to get stuff handled at home or anything else. So one of the really cool things about Randy is he actually has a great track record of people and big companies even using his organization tips, right? And so Randy, some of your members and clients you've been working with, you have Michigan State University, the University of California, Berkeley, Westinghouse, Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh, Ohio State University, you do (laughs) things for legal career professionals, right? And groups, you work with small groups, big groups. I think your largest group is 550-ish. Am I Yeah, you remember that. That's right. That's yeah. funny that you remember that from a previous <laughs> discussion. Yeah. Well, very lucky that I've been able to have you on before. And so I know how, how well that's your tips and tricks. They've been just a game changer for me. You know, one of the things, Randy, I think people can sit and try to figure it out in Google and there, there isn't any shortage of here's how to make this better. But I mean, your systems and the things that you put together and your teaching videos really make it step-by-step and cuts out a lot of the, I guess, noise is the best way to put it for that. I mean, it just, you know, it's simple things that you could put in right this second in a second. And so before I get, get turned over to you too, you are a terrific speaker. I know that you're you're highly sought after. And uh, the, the great thing is, even though you're kind of like a organizational clutter geek and got an MBA and all of that stuff, you have quite the sense of humor, which most people that are highly organized and are analytical and here's how you do this doesn't have that. So anyway, I'm ready to get started. <laughs> We would, we, would, we, would, we would see if my <laughs> wife and daughters agree that I'm funny. Uh, <laughs> well, I so. find you humorous and it's my show. So that's yeah, what matters, right? So, yeah, so is, I have yeah. that. 
And yeah. and you're also, I mean, with the speaker, a lot of people put out there that they're speakers. You're part of the NSA, right? I mean, you have. Yep. I've, uh, I got my 15 year badge last year. So, uh, I've been a full member for more than 15 years now. Yeah. And and how many people, when you say that you're a 15-year member of the NSA, confuse you with being with the National Security Administration? Does that oh, happen gosh, often? I, I, I hope a bunch. <laughs> you know, oh, this guy's a spy. <laughs> well, you certainly would know how to get to their emails and their other documents, that's for sure. Well, I don't know if I know how to get into their stuff, actually. I, I would prefer not to know how to get into their stuff, you know. <laughs> you might go to Facebook jail if we say anything else. So let's just yeah. let's just carry on. Yeah. So you are going to talk to us about reducing the clutter today. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a fun topic, and it's been one that's been coming up a lot lately for some reason. I am wondering if maybe because the pandemic is starting to wind down, that people are either A, figuring out they probably really need to get their home office and email cleaned up when they start getting ready to go back into the regular office, or B, they remember they left their office at work a total mess, and now they need to go fix that too. So uh, we can talk about strategies on all of that. Well, I'm not going to tell you which category I fit into, probably a little bit of both. I I can do with some clutter. I think also, you know, this is a very timely topic, anything to do with clutter, because there's all kinds of studies now, even about sleeping and well-being, and people are really paying a lot more attention to that since the pandemic. And one of the things, and that's that's common theme in all of the well-being, the wellness movements, the sleep better, the everything better is reducing clutter in your life, reducing the stress from clutter and not procrastinating and keep putting off clearing out your things. So it's an excellent topic. So oh yeah, it is. And you know, I will say that I was first exposed to a lot of these strategies almost 30 years ago. I had the fortunate opportunity to take a program that was led by David Allen, who wrote the book, Getting Things Done. And then a couple of years later, that started my whole process in this area. I read the book, First Things First by Stephen Covey. Uh, He also wrote the book, Seven Habits. Can't go wrong with Stephen Covey. Yeah, he's wonderful. And then a friend that knew what I was teaching actually gave me a book called Clutter's Last Stand by Don Aslett. And it's still available. You can go buy this on Amazon. It's got to be one of the coolest, best. I actually think I got a copy. That is a catchy title. I love it. Yeah, and take a look at it. Well, for those of you that are on the audio, you can't see this, but I'm showing it to Kim. What he did, which is really cool, is as throughout, he had a professional cartoon artist, like make funny little like pictures all the way through this thing to sort of make the points. And so it's super accessible, super readable, not what some people would say is uh, a little bit off-putting or, you know, out of reach. It's it's just a wonderfully accessible read. And it makes you really think about your relationship with your stuff, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of why do you have this stuff? What are you doing with this stuff? Do you really need to keep this stuff? If you're going to keep this stuff, what are you going to do with this stuff? And it's all your stuff. You know, it's your it's your electronic stuff. It's your physical stuff. It's your work stuff and your personal stuff. And it really helped me, 
you know, sort of get better at getting rid of some of the stuff. Do you remember, do you remember George Carlin's get on, on your stuff? And uh, if it, if anyone has not seen that or watched that in a while, that boy, George Carlin sure had a way back then of just taking the simple things that, uh, yeah. that we cling to as humans and all of our idiosyncrasies and, and just making such. I actually remember part of that bit where he was talking about if you're in your car, you know, <laughs> change your, change your, you know, sun blocker and play with your dials because, Hey, you bought it. It's your stuff, <laughs> you know? And I totally remember that, that skit. It was, he was, he was fantastic. Yeah. But the interesting thing is though, he, he does make a bit of a point, be choiceful in your stuff. And don't just get stuff haphazardly because the more stuff you have, the more likely it is it's going to actually own you rather than you owning it. One of the things that uh, I think came out of Clutter's Last Stand, if I'm not mistaken, is that the more stuff you own, the more time you have to spend maintaining and organizing your stuff because you have more stuff. And there's actually a pretty big and growing simplicity movement right now where people are making and buying small homes. The tiny homes. The tiny homes, yeah. I just was watching that. I was sick when I had COVID a a couple months ago. Daytime TV is just absolute garbage. And so I stumbled on a tiny home show or something. And I'm like, how are they fitting a family of five in that little thing, but they're clearing out stuff. They're purging and they don't want to be a slave to all their belongings and maintaining things. And right. Well, in one of the things that I think Don Aslett said, you know, as he said, if I'm not mistaken, I got, I'm not hundred percent sure he said this, but it was a great rule that I have been trying to follow myself. If you don't use something twice a year, at least twice a year, you should not own it. You should rent it. And because you're paying for the storage by floor space in your home or your office for that thing that you almost never use. And so why not just rent it because it's such a, you know, bizarro purchase, then keep it and have to pay for that storage and deal with all the clutter that comes from the storage. And so it really uh, gives you almost the rule that you can follow about when you should keep stuff and get rid of stuff. I think it's a really good rule. That is a great rule. And and thinking about storage and paying for it in your house by, by floor space. But do you see the amount of self-storage lockers that are up along all over America? I mean, I cannot even tell you how many there are in the town that I live in. And a friend of mine just tried to get, you know, rent one. And I think she called 10 or 12 storage facilities and they are all full, 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 full. And she's on a waiting list for all of them. And like 25 to 50 deep, depending on which one. Like what in the heck is, (laughs) what does everybody have? I I just, it's out of control. It's that. And do you think that online shopping has added to this that you can just. Oh, heck yeah. Immediate. Yeah, it's immediate. And remember they used to talk about, you know, never go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Yes. Because you'll grab all the stuff that you would normally never buy. I would say uh, same thing. Never, 
never go to Target with $300 <laughs> in your bank account because you won't have it when you get done. Don't click on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, what is it? Uh, people should not uh, drink in prime. That's the other one. I Don't heard drink in prime. Up. I love it. Don't, I love yeah, it. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're one of those people that ends up uh, with 15 cardboard boxes on your porch every day, that might say something right there. <laughs> and, you know, so and what's interesting, too, is I actually had a relative that was a clinical hoarder and I got to sort of see the negative consequences of that when I was a kid. And I was like, man, I don't want to be like that. Um, one of the interesting things that I heard is why people hang on to too much stuff from what they've studied with people that actually are clinical hoarders is that people sometimes really struggle understanding the true value of items. They think everything is important so you can get rid of nothing. And so what you really have to do, I think, is one of the first things for clutter reduction is get clear on what's the really important stuff in your life. And if it's not that important compared to where you want to spend your time and your efforts, that's the stuff that maybe you should think about finally getting rid of, separating from. That's a great tip to start with. You know, when you think about the value people put on things, we we have this all the time at our, with our shop owners and some of the tools and things they bought 30 years ago. And my gosh, if you ask them what that's worth, it, it's, they want every bit of whatever they paid for 30 years ago, you know, when they're, when they're trying to do things. So how, how do yeah. you determine what the value is? Because you're not, it's more than just the dollar amount, right? The value of what it means to you personally, what, you know, is it irreplaceable? Can you talk a little bit about how they can determine a value? I think value for most people, for most items is related to utility. Uh, meaning how much do I use it? How much do I enjoy it? How much does it help me? Now, that is very different from purposeful collection. For example, see my National Geographics? I see them. That is purposeful collection. And that is that is a very different thing where you have like uh, something that you're so deeply interested and invested in that you want to keep that. And some people do that with art. Some people are doing that, you know, with sculpture. Some people do that with antiques. I'm doing that with Baby Yoda stuff right now. There I just, you go. And, yeah, I'm, I'm and, obsessed with Baby Yoda. It's the cutest yeah. thing that ever happened. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I actually am now ready for season two of The Mandalorian myself. But um, what's interesting is, you know, so you want to figure out, is this a utility item or is this a collection item? And if it's a utility item, even if it has a decent dollar value to it, if you're never using it, it's basically worth nothing to you. So you might want to consider selling it if it does have good value. And honestly, you know, one of the things that I did last year, which was probably, it was the most successful garage sale I ever held, Kim. You ready to hear what I did? Yes. But the neighborhood had a big neighborhood garage sale. I hate doing garage sales. <laughs> Ate it. But I knew the neighborhood was holding the big garage sale. So I just walked out my garage and go, I don't need that anymore. Put it out on the curb, free. And I just kept putting stuff out with a free sign. And I got rid of so much stuff that day that I never use. You know, and, and it was like liberating. 
And I don't, I didn't want any money for that stuff. And I certainly, you know what, I mean, it was the height of the pandemic. I really didn't want to be doing face-to-face interactions and money exchange, but I really didn't want to get rid of the stuff. So I just put it out there and put it free. And I couldn't believe how much stuff I got rid of that day. I'm glad you mentioned about that and just giving it away and whether you put it out and do a curb alert in your neighborhood or you donate it to a worthy charity or repurpose to a family member or friend that might be in need. Because I talk to a lot of people and whether it's at their business, their home, whatever, and they say, I have to get rid of all this stuff. And they make piles or boxes or storage totes or put things in storage that they know they don't need. And when I ask them, what, well, when are you going to get rid of that? Cause really boxing it up and sticking it in another room in your house is not purging, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's hoarding. It's, it's hoarding. And, and they yeah. say, well, I have to, you know, determine all the pricing. I have to do research. I have to schedule a yard sale or a garage sale. I have to put an ad in whatever social media to advertise it. And it's like, months go by and then a year will go by and two years will go by and they still have all the stuff and they're so hung up on my gosh, but I could get $2 for that thing. You know what I mean? It's just crazy. So how did they break that connection? How did you just say, listen, I'm not using this. I'm going to give it away because it's no longer bringing me joy as Marie Kondo would say, or whatever other mantras people have. You know, I'm glad you brought up Marie Kondo. That actually helped me frame this up too. Does this bring me joy? Now, one of the things you got to watch for, too, is if you've had a change in life stage. You know, so like I used to be a competitive tennis player. And because of, you know, some things that have happened in life and a few injuries, I really probably can't play anymore. Probably time to get rid of all that old tennis stuff. So did you get rid of those those tight white shorts from the 70s that everyone used to wear? And that was that the first I, I thing think to every, go? I think everybody should keep at least one pair of those just (laughs) for fun. Just in case. (laughs) Yeah, just in case, you know, they come back into into style. Uh, But uh, actually, they might be in style right now. They are probably in style again. Yeah, but that's that's one of those things. The other thing is, you know, uh, we're going through that phase where we've had kids that are getting older. One's now off to college. One's in high school. We still got a lot of their little kid stuff. Now, some of it, they said they purposefully wanted us to keep because they want to be able to give that to their kids possibly someday. So we've got some of that stuff in totes and storage. I will keep pressing them as they get further into their adult years. You still want us to keep this stuff? Can they purposely keep it at their home? Well, that's what you're hoping is that at some (laughs) point... Um, We've also got like a dining room set that we've got in storage because we're thinking, well, one of these two kids at some point might really need and use this. Um, So I'm using it as a work table. So I actually have some utility from it. But, you know, the minute I can clear it out, I'm going to be ready to do that. So, I mean, I think choicefully hanging on to some things where you have a stated end goal with it is okay. However, if you don't really see when you're going to ever use it again, that's a good time to think about getting rid of it. And I think that maybe, you know, one of the things I did a, a little uh, YouTube video a little while ago about uh, one of my favorite tips for staying uncluttered is what I call the pick and roll strategy. Now, pick and roll is a very famous, very basic basketball play, right? But 
I, I'm sort of saying this, always have a place in your home or maybe your office that you pick to clean up. And then when you get that one done, roll to the next, because you're going to always be accumulating stuff. And the only way to keep control of the stuff is by all by segmenting and going one at a time through the different things and then making that clean. And then what's going to happen is over time, you're going to reclutter it a bit. But if you keep doing this, you're going to make the overall size of the piles go down and you'll you'll be able to maintain it. Now, this right here, though, I think gives you that big argument. The less stuff you have, the less time you have to spend doing what I just described. You know, so it really makes an argument for a smaller life. And one of the interesting things is uh, you ask most people, when were you most happy? And most people will say high school or college. And think about high school or college. You had almost no stuff. (laughs) You, You had no money, but you had time. And then what happened is you moved through your adult years, you started accumulating stuff and you started not having time. And so, uh, you know, I think that you got to really think about your relationship with your stuff, your time, and your desires and needs. And if you figure that out, then you can probably greatly reduce sort of where you're at with life and get more time for the stuff you enjoy. That's awesome advice. And I I think many of us suffer from too much stuff. I, I can speak to my, for myself, for sure. I do. Yeah. I've been in a purging thing. And I, every time I move, I say, oh my gosh, I am never going to accumulate another thing. And then it's like, it's, it's, it's just crazy. So for, we have a couple minutes, couple minutes left. I wanted to touch on if we could briefly office that, that is a, an area that people just really overwhelms them, right? Whether it's at their work office or a home office, but you look at the amount of paperwork and things and bins, and there's so many organizational things people buy, but I, I see what people do and they buy 50 organization totes and bins and colored this and that. And it's still just as disorganized as ever. They just have more crap on the desks or the walls that stuff could go in if they did that. Right. Cause it's a great idea to say, Oh, I'm going to get the rainbow color system or some of these other things. What are some practical ways to cut back on clutter in your office? You're going to love this strategy. This is one of my (laughs) primary recommendations if you want to declutter your office space, but you could also use this in some of the places in your home too. I have a feeling I'm getting ready to to like cringe because I know you're going to tell me something's going to freak me out. Go ahead. I'm I'm in position. For an office especially, and this might have been something I heard originally from like David Allen, but grab every loose piece of paper you can see. Every single one, every loose piece of paper, every loose file, every loose book, every loose item to read, every loose thing, and build the grandmother of all piles. (laughs) One giant pile. But then what you do is you grab some of these sticky notes. And if you've done this right, you'll hopefully also have a big open space. And so what I did is I made several sticky notes. One of them said quick, one of them said active, one of them said file, 
One of them said trash, one said recycle, and one said shred. And I just laid them across the floor. And then you go after that pile and put everything into one of those six piles. I think it was six. And then um, I actually had a seventh bookkeeper because all my receipts go to the bookkeeper. And then what you do is you just go through the pile. And what will happen is all of a sudden you can sort of break down where this stuff belongs and goes. Now, here's the interesting thing. After you go through that process, trash, recycle, shred. That you can get done like now. And most people, that might be half or more of your pile right there. Trash, recycle, shred. Now, the shred, I actually found a local vendor where I could take a big old bin of shredding and get it shredded for like five to 10 bucks. Oh, wow. So if you can find somebody and you can stand there and watch them do it, it's a secure process through their like super giant shredding machine. If you can find something like that, then, you know, I mean, literally in a couple hours, you can get rid of half or more of the clutter that's in your office. Then you go back to those first piles, quick, active, and um, to file. Then you got to think about, well, do I have time right now to do all the quick stuff? Because that's what I would probably recommend you do next, quick stuff, where you basically just tell everybody, leave me alone. I'm getting rid of all the quick stuff that's been sitting in my office for a while. I need a few hours. Now, you could also break that up and do a little bit of quick stuff every day for the next couple of weeks. Then what you do is you take the stuff in the active pile. Now, this is fun. You're going to like this. Sort it from most important and urgent down to least important and urgent. And then what I would recommend you seriously consider doing when you do that with your active pile, take the bottom third to half and go shred that too. Oh, what? Wait, you're just... You're <laughs> what? <laughs> I was with you until just throw out this stuff on the bottom. Okay. Let me, let me explain why. I, I think okay? I need a paper bag right now. To yes. Yes. Into. I know you're, you're, you're hyperventilating, but <laughs> listen to me. Why? How long has that stuff been sitting in your office? I don't know, but I just. Uh, okay. Forever. And now wait, wait, let's, let's go one more level. Didn't you just prioritize the most and least you just identified the least important stuff that's been sitting in your office and you're probably never going to get to it anyway. Am I right? Now you can go one by one through it to say, well, I better keep that one. But I think <laughs> I think you could make the executive decision to knock out a bunch of the stuff that you've been telling yourself you're going to do and you just never get to it. Remember, you got to let go. You got to let it go. <laughs> oh my. And then the, the last pile <laughs> is the two file pile. And what I recommend you do with that pile is break it into two piles uh, when you get to it. One pile is stuff you know you've already created folders for and stuff you need to make new folders for. Because then what I would recommend you do, if you know, oh, I've already got the folder for maintenance on my car, well, then just go file that stuff. You know, and a lot of people are doing that electronically now as well. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, one of the things that I did, uh, I recently did a little mini version of this and got down to my active pile. I pulled out several documents that were in there that were basically more just notes and reference. I took out my phone and used one of the uh, camera scanning apps 
uh, I think it was Office Lens by Microsoft. I just turned those into PDF and then shredded them. And what I did though, is I added a task in my task list to remember to go reference those items at a future time when I would be ready to maybe work on those items. But I got rid of the paper. And it's super easy now. You, you know, you could get a office scanner that scans right to PDF and start knocking it out. But you can even use your smartphones to do a lot of this kind of stuff one off if you're in the office or at home. And it really can help you knock your stuff down. Some really great tips today and clutter, reducing clutter in your life is so important. Again, it, it is a common theme in everything that everyone is speaking about today and always, not only for your physical well-being and to not have all that stuff around and so many things to take your time doing. It's better for your family because you can concentrate on what's important and the and your loved ones and and things you love to do rather than taking care of all your stuff. And for mental well-being, there, there's so many studies that we, we could cite them all day about working in a cluttered office or sleeping in a cluttered room or there, there's study after study after study. So Randy, everybody can find you. You want to tell them I'm going to put all the links in the bottom, but sometimes people don't like to read the links and just you want to hear them with how they find you. Yeah, well, my website is really easy. It's randalldean.com. It's my name. Um, and <laughs> I also, I do a lot of work out on LinkedIn and I have a pretty fast growing YouTube channel and following right now too. And I think for both LinkedIn and YouTube, all you need to do is a search for Randy Dean and you would find me pretty quick. You know, and I'd like to give you one final thought. Would love it. It's interesting. I had a friend a number of years ago because we had a discussion about this whole topic. And, I, and he said to me, he says, Randy, I don't, I don't buy this. I think the rule for life is he or she with the most toys at the end wins. There are a that, lot that of was, people. Yeah. And, you know, so he was like, he had like all the, you know, motor toys and motorcycles and boats and four wheelers and this and that and the other thing. I would actually modify that very simply to say he or she that has the toys they use the most wins. Ah, I love that. Just that little slight twist in there. Little twist. You now, Randy, be... the T-shirt companies and bumper stickers all have to, to, to revamp this. This is yeah. maybe this is your next career is T-shirt and bumper slogan, bumper sticker slogans. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. Uh, I love T-shirts and bumper stickers. You want to hear the best T-shirt I've seen in a long time? I do. We were out at a, a little beach town over on the Lake Michigan uh, a couple summers ago. And in the window was this shirt set. I'm so sorry I was late. I didn't want to come. Oh, I I would love that. I need I need that shirt. Where do you find that? <laughs> a little beach, you know, t-shirt shop uh, over in Saugatuck, Michigan. It was in the window. I I don't even remember the name, but man. I just stood there and laughed for like 10 minutes. I thought that was fantastic. It is so, fantastic. I'm going to search yeah. for that. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. I will see everybody back here next week. And in the meantime, stay safe, make good choices and stay inspired. Thank you so much, Randy. Sure thing. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. 
And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can. Thank you.